Welcome to the Vegan Family Kitchen podcast. I am here today with Babita Shrestha. She is the author of Plant-Based Himalaya, and she has so much to tell us about food in the Nepalese culture and in the Himalayas and all the beautiful discoveries she has made. Hello, Babita. Thank you for being here today. Hello, Bridget. Namaste. And thank you for inviting me to your vegan family kitchen. It's the best place to be and to have a conversation. I wish I could offer you a cup of tea, but you are very far away. Tell, tell, um, tell us a little bit about where you are in the world right now. So right now I'm in Pokhara, Nepal. It is a beautiful lake city with a lot of mountains where uh, I had desired to visit and finish my first cookbook, Plant-Based Himalaya. That's, I've looked at the pictures of uh, your little town and it looks absolutely magnificent. I wish it was a little closer to me, but it's it's now a dream to go and visit you. And you said it was uh, the vegan food capital of Nepal right now. Is that true? Absolutely. Absolutely. You can walk down the street and get like 10 different uh, vegan options. Wow. That sounds amazing. Yes. Tell me a little bit about your your food story, your food upbringing. How, what was it like growing up? Because you grew up in Nepal. Um, what was it like growing up there in terms of the food you ate and how did you um, at some point decide to become fully plant-based? Because I don't, I don't think you were plant-based or vegan your whole life. Yeah, so uh, when I was growing up, I grew up in a very small village in Nepal, which is called Kalayabara. And while I was growing up, most of the people growing up there are, were already vegetarian. Uh, we had so much land over there and everybody had gardens in the front and the backyard. And they also have different farmlands. So uh, we used to have so much produce that, you know, when you have a lot of produce, you don't really think about eating meat. Mm -hmm. And uh, whenever, whenever there used to be a function or like, you know, big event or once in like, you know, month, uh, we used to have meat, but uh, thinking about my childhood, I don't really remember eating meat every day or in a, even in a weekly basis. And uh, when I was growing up, we used to grow up with uh, everybody used to either have goats, uh, some people have buffaloes, some people have chickens, some people have dogs. So like, you know, there were varieties of animal around but they were not getting eaten necessarily. No, like not really. No, no, no. They were not really get eaten. But uh, I think like, you know, how uh, in a society we need not only human beings, but also animals because uh, it's a part of healthy lifestyle. Right. And um, were the goats being milked for, for goat milk and the, duck, uh, the ducks for eggs kind of thing? Uh, well, uh, I don't remember the goats were, uh, because in Nepal, I don't think we, I, I mean, I don't remember drinking goat milk because it wasn't a thing. And right. uh, buffalo milk was really popular. So like, you know, people used to have their own buffaloes or some people had actually 10 or 15 buffaloes. That was his job to just take care of the buffaloes. And some people have uh, uh, their different job, like they take care of agriculture. 
So most of them were just like, you know, farm to house. So basically even milks, they didn't really get a chance to go to stores. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It was really, really fresh. And even with the eggs, it was the same thing. Uh, we didn't really go to the stores to buy the eggs. Most of the thing were always fresh. So if you really want egg, they used to have chickens and you know, dogs. Right. Was, um, I know in Indian cooking, um, clarified butter, you know, ghee is, is an important yeah. thing. Is that a big part of traditional Nepalese cooking as well? Uh, absolutely. A lot of people who are already vegetarian, they use that. But uh, thinking back, uh, I still remember that uh, we used to eat ghee, but not like every day. Right. It was still like a thing like, uh, you know, during winter, it's cold. So you add a little bit of ghee on top. And in the summer, it's already so hot. So a lot of people, I, I don't remember having a lot of ghee because, you know, it makes really hot. Right. That makes that makes a lot of sense. And so mm-hmm. what happened to you um, after you left your village? In terms of food, so, uh, food. Uh, well, when I was growing up, village, uh, you have to think like there was no packaged food, uh, and even there were stores. Uh, most of the stuff, whatever they sell, uh, it used to come directly from the farmers or like you know whoever sells eggs or whoever sells yogurt or whoever sells um, milk. Mm-hmm. There was no big businesses or corporations. Right. But then uh, after the age of 12, I think I was 12 when I moved to Kathmandu, uh, I started, uh, Kathmandu is the biggest city in Nepal. So I started seeing all kinds of things, like, for example, a lot of stores and there were a lot of businesses, a lot of vehicles and um, probably also packaged food. But uh, since I was very young and I never really ate packaged food, I didn't really again had an idea of what packaged food is right you know yeah and uh, i remember uh, uh, even when there were packaged food coming uh, back in Kathmandu uh, we still really focused in uh, seasonal um, vegetable because talwa torkari is our again staple food meat right. are really expensive even though you find meat they used to be very expensive so like uh, eating meat was again, was only like a occasional or festive thing. Right. A luxury for special luxury. days. Yeah. Yeah. And um, then you moved to the United States, right? And you must have yes. had quite the shock. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, because before I went to the United States, I hardly uh, was in internet. I started internet because I had to apply for the US. So, you know, that's how I started learning how to email and things like that. And uh, when I reached to US again, uh, I had no idea about the student life, but I had to manage it, right? And I realized that there were not a lot of vegetables there because um, I went to college in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. and uh, it was always so cold and whatever vegetable uh, they get they were all also packaged in plastic you know right. which was also another shocking thing to me because everything before that uh, I, I I think I never I don't think I've ever seen vegetable in a packaged plastic package yes 
Do you understand what I mean? Oh, yes, so absolutely. Me, I see what you mean. Yeah, for me, I was like, oh my God, is this how uh, America is? Like everything is packed in plastic. And then I was already very conscious about like, you know, eco lifestyle and I have to live healthy lifestyle because uh, this is what my ancestor used to do. And I have already seen the effects of this uh, packaged food because in uh, Kathmandu, well, well, let's back, go back. Uh, when I was growing up in Tarai, Tarai was so clean because there were no packaged food. And there were not too many vehicles, no many too many stores. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then when I went to Kathmandu, there is like so many people, so many houses, and there is so many dust and so many garbage. So uh, and then it also affected the rivers because people started dumping in the rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I realized that at very early age, to be honest, and uh, I decided that you know. <sighs> I need to uh, make sure that uh, this I'm not eating a lot of packaged food because first thing, it is neither good for my health and neither good for the environment. Do you understand so what true. I mean? So, so true. Uh, <clears throat> uh, but again, like in college, you, you are always doing assignment. You're always working. You like, I was so busy at that time that I didn't really have time to think too much. Especially when there is already like, you know, shortage of varieties of vegetable in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that kind of opened my eyes. And then I started eating some seafood and also other vegetables and uh, meat, different kind of meat. And uh, I realized uh, with and when I was uh, going to college, even though I went to college for graphic design, uh, I end up always being in the grocery store. Because that is the only place I like to go shop, where I like to spend my money. I don't know. Because like in US, you know how the grocery stores are. They have everything what you want. So you don't yes. have to go to too many different places. And I didn't have cars. So like I can't just go 10 different places to pick up 10 different things. So I have to choose like, you know, I have to go to one store where they have all my needs. So that transition was quite uh, interesting. And uh, I started, my lifestyle actually started getting a little bit uh, more meat heavy before I was uh, like, my lifestyle got a little bit meat heavy, like frozen meat heavy Mm -hmm. versus, uh, you know, in Nepal, I have never ever eaten frozen meat. I didn't even know what frozen meat uh, means because like, you know, we didn't even used to have a refrigerator. Right. You know what I mean? And, uh, but again, I thought it was, you know, I was young, 20 some, and it was the lifestyle. It's the college lifestyle. (laughs) That must have uh, really made it been a big change for your body as well. I mean, if you're used to eating mostly vegetables and you all of a sudden eat all the meats, um, Definitely, definitely. I saw that after I lived that lifestyle five years. So that is why I again decided to move to this lifestyle after I graduated. Right. You decided yeah. to, em- to embrace yeah, plant-based yeah. Um, more. Exactly, because I couldn't do that anymore. I had already cut down all my, by the time I graduated, I already cut down my uh, seafood because I know that sea are dirty. What's the point of eating this uh, seafood? And then uh, also like, you know, my, uh, um, besides seafood, I also cut down all kinds of meats. And then I think I used to only eat chicken that also sometimes. 
So um, I guess like let's say five years of eating and also realizing that what I am doing and then I you know, finally decided I need to quit right now before it is too late. And then I need to cleanse my body and figure out to be in a, another lifestyle. Uh, were you still in the United States at the time when you yes. decided to do that? Yes. And, uh, so how how long have you been back in Nepal for now? Uh, almost three years. I came here right before the lockdown. Oh, wow. Yes. Yeah. Big, big transition. Um, yeah. So what did you discover when you went back oh, to wow. Nepal? It was eye-opening discovery, to be honest. So even though um, I was uh, plant-based, I realized that I was eating a lot of packaged food. Mm-hmm. You know, cooked packaged food, for example, vegan fish, vegan meatball, vegan, I don't know, <laughs> this and that. And then uh, you, you, since, your, since my lifestyle was really busy at that time, because I was doing pop-up and catering and private chefing and other stuff, um, like seriously this life is a lifestyle and you never realize when you get caught up into you know one lifestyle business and, uh, business exactly and then i knew i knew uh, this is not right because again i was i used to always complain about like you know how come i came to america and i started eating packaged food i don't understand this don't what i mean because back when i was back home I used to hardly go out and eat. I used to cook every day. Like home cooked meal was like a basic. Going right. out and eating is not a thing in Nepal, especially back in the days. I mean, I used to cook so good that I just cannot go out and, you know, eat in a restaurant. Right. There's no better oil food. There's no better home. food than the home food. Exactly. Like, so... Um, so when I went to, uh, again, USA, my lifestyle changed, again, busyness. And then again, even though I was plant based I realized that still this is not healthy life. And I don't know, it was very hard to uh, get over it. And I also saw the 2020 coming and I realized that, you know what, I need to go to Nepal and finish my this cookbook and I will do whatever uh, leads me after that. Because everybody was scared and I don't know, people had anxiety about 2020. You know, everybody knew yeah. that Corona was coming. So I decided I come here and then uh, again, it was such a big change for me, you know, coming from US to Nepal. Mm-hmm. It was really, I was already trying to figure out where to live and like, you know, um, how to manage because it's so hard to find an apartment. It's not like America that, you know, you look up uh, houses online and you'll find it. Here you have to go around places and, you know, ask. It's very old school still. So after that, uh, after a month and two weeks, lockdown happened and uh, my new lifestyle started, you know, because I was locked down in a hotel. Mm Oh, were you able to cook at all? Well, I figured it out. Uh, what I did was I knew the next day is going to be lockdown. And then I was already locked. Uh, I could not find an apartment because uh, it was only two weeks that I came to Pokhara. And uh, I mean, like I said, it's not really easy to find an apartment right away. 
and uh, what I did was okay. I thought like, either way is going to be lockdown, so I'm going to buy some uh, my rice cooker so I can make rice, and then I bought my electric uh, gas so I can cook something, and then like a pan and just like you know things the I need basics. to cook. The basics, exactly. And I remember I, uh, when I went to buy this thing, Pokhara is a very rainy place. So like, you know, it rains a lot. So it was storming and I didn't know tomorrow is going to be lockdown or not. And I was like, you know, having a kind of anxiety and panic attack that, oh my God, I haven't even found an apartment and already this thing is happening and I don't know how long it's going to be closed. But uh, I thought that, you know, you know, whatever, uh, we're alive. I think that matters most and I'll figure it out. Wow. And that is how I figured out. Uh, I tried to figure it out for three months. And in the beginning, I thought it's going to be only closed for two weeks or a month. Oops. You know how <laughs> it, <laughs> but it was second month. And then I was thought like, okay, after second month, it's not going to be in, uh, you know, closed shut down but it went on three months and like by the time it was almost three months I realized that this is not going to happen and I don't know like you know what is going on with this shutdown and then I found an apartment and moved but uh, what really happened in three months yeah, definitely changed my lifestyle because there was again uh, no fridge you know, there was no Rain. fridge. And so, and there was not really enough food. Uh, whenever they open in the morning, I have to go on, um, do the shopping real quick and then come back home because uh, they had this system that, you know, you can open grocery store from this uh, a.m. to that a.m. in the morning. And then uh, you need to be shut down all day. It was so right. dramatic. Oh, my God. <laughs> so the first uh, month since we didn't have fridge, I realized that, you know what? Uh, I actually want to, uh, you know, do a test that I don't want to have fridge anymore. And uh, I don't want to have any like, you know, uh, leftover foods or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, like, because if you have a freeze, uh, that freeze also sometimes gave me anxiety because you buy this, you buy that. And then you'll be like, you know, oh, this is for when I'm hungry or like, you know, this is late night snack or this sauce is for this thing. This sauce is for that thing. And now I, I took it as an opportunity. You know what I mean? Like three months yeah. kind of changed my life. And uh, I moved to another place where they had freeze, but I, I really enjoyed the having absolutely fresh vegetable and fruit. Uh, right. So most, most of them are picked uh, same day. You know, they pick in the morning and they take it to the vegetable store and I go there around 9 a.m. and buy it. And I enjoyed it. And then uh, once I moved to another place, I decided that uh, if I go to America, I will have a fridge because there... Uh, you know, I don't know, like having a fridge is a thing. Yeah. You know, like in your kitchen. But uh, I, after I moved to my this uh, kitchen now that I'm living for over a year, I decided also not to buy any fridge. And because I really like this another uh, beautiful thing to go to vegetable store every day. You know, you go in the morning, buy whatever you want. And then you eat uh, same day. That and then you go to so beautiful. Yeah. And then that's how, again, like you said, my favorite thing to go shop, I don't like shopping at all because I feel like, you know, 
uh, I already have everything. Like, I don't know what to buy uh, besides vegetable and art. I don't think I really like buying anything. So my vegetable shopping person or whoever sells the vegetable is kind of my favorite person or my best friend. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I go and uh, talk to them and then uh, like, you know, I also want to have different varieties of vegetable from not only Pokhara, but like there is so many other uh, cities and villages that grows uh, specialty vegetables. So I also encourage them to bring all that kind of vegetable and also like fruits. So I kind of like, you know, we have this really good bonding of uh, being a foodie, let's say. Yeah. I'd like to know, um, because I mean, obviously, as you've mentioned, you know, North Americans with their big fridges and even two fridges. Yeah, two fridges, exactly. um, You know, here uh, for most people, you know, it's once a week shopping and then you put all the things. Yeah. And I mean, even if you don't yeah. eat meat, which I don't. Um, yeah, I, I still can't have a lot of other packaged food, even in even the food that's not packaged, like the produce, like the vegetables. Yes. yes. Um, you can't, you know, if you buy them once a week, you can't really, you know, keep them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For very long. So I'd like I'd like you to inspire us a little bit in terms of, let's say, you know, a, a typical day like today, you you go to the store what mm-hmm. do you buy and what do you make it into? Tell me so about the food what, you make. Sure. Uh, well, what I do is uh, I wake up, have my uh, water, and then uh, after a while, I go to my vegetable shop. It's not too far. Again, it is in the walking distance. I chose Pokhara because I wanted to have everything in walking distance because in America, I cannot really go anywhere in walking distance. And what I do is I go there and I see there is a lot of varieties of vegetable. Nepal has, uh, uh, Nepal, uh, our setting is like we eat very seasonal uh, food because we, uh, we can get seasonal food 12 months uh, in like a year, like, mm-hmm. you know, whole. So uh, if right now, let's say uh, we have eggplant season, uh, we have uh, Forsiko Munta, which like Nepal also has a lot of varieties of greens that you can never see in Minnesota or, you know, a lot of other places like cold places. Uh, and then right now we have a lot of different kind of gourds, really fresh and the best mangoes in the world. And, uh, you know, varieties of potatoes always so what I do is I go there and I pick two vegetables, you know, whatever I want to cook. Uh, obviously, if I buy eggplant today, I'll skip eggplant for this whole week and then buy something else like next day. Uh, and then my basic is, let's say, potato, onion, green chilies, uh, whatever, two kinds of vegetable, cilantro, garlic, tomato, uh, and then ginger, and then uh, whatever, like, you know, I feel in the mood, let's say. But these are my basics, let's say, for, to make curry. Because curry is uh, like a part of my Nepali dal set, bad dal tarkari, which is curry. And then I also always like to make a tomato sauce, which is uh, I have included that in my cookbook, plant-based Himalaya. My timurko achar is really good too. It is really great with uh, any food. Mm-hmm. That is Nepali, Indian, Italian, uh, you know, you name it. So basically, uh, that's what I do. And then when I come home, <clears throat> I uh, I also uh, have 
one of the seasonal fruits right now mango is in season and seriously seriously like i lived in us for over 10 years and then i used to dream about this mango because i cannot find like the mango the orange the apple the uh you know grapes that i find in nepal in usa like it has so much flavor yes so uh after that what i do i come home and then i wash my vegetable i usually put it in the water uh, for a few minutes and especially if it is fruits i put it for a few hours <clears throat> and then i wash it i uh, use that uh, water in my plants it's like saving water but i feel like it's more nutrients to my plants mm-hmm. and then again i don't just like to throw water uh and then i start making uh, for example let's say uh, if i want to make dalva set i'll make dalva set but i don't really eat rice every day and so sometime i make a roti roll which is basically a taco but uh, in a you know wheat flour atta roti and then uh, sometime there sometime there sometime i make uh, pizza again uh, it is very easy you can fry the toppings whatever you want and then just put it in the oven uh, of <clears throat> beside that i also make uh, noodles again you fry your vegetable uh, uh, and then add the noodle uh, fortunately uh, nepal also has a lot of uh, fresh noodles here so so far i feel like you know i am really lucky to enjoy all this fresh produce and um, vegetable and fruits that sounds <clears throat> so delicious i want one of those mangoes like right now <laughs> Mm-hmm. I love mangoes too but I I'm sure there is even tastier mangoes. Um yeah. what And what about I, you, oh go ahead. Mm-hmm. So you will not believe that I thought this Malda mango is my favorite but somebody told me like while I was watching I think some food show or some uh, channel uh, they told me about a different kind of mango that is more delicious is like the most delicious mango in the world and i was dreaming about it i was like seriously there is a delicious mango than this and i was uh, you know how is it even I mean, possible exactly how is it possible but yeah people are foodie all around the world and uh, foodie people really like to grow delicious food I think any fruit that is fresh off the tree is is really special. Tell- yeah, and then when yeah. they are picked in the right timing, right timing yes. is very important. But unfortunately what happens is all these fruits and vegetable that come to USA that is packaged in plastic, uh they are not picked in the right time. Exactly. So like you know no matter how much you put this thing in how much delicious uh, recipe it is not going to taste really good where is the aroma i mean uh, be- like a really nicely ripe fruit has uh, such a beautiful it is like so aromatic mhm mm-hmm. what about lentils and and peas and legumes do you cook those every single day uh, what do you do with them uh, almost uh, so most nepali in most nepali house i am i, I don't really cook dalvat every day in most nepali house they cook dalvat tarkari every day i am more of a modern chef i like eating pizza i don't know i like eating pasta and just like i like eating different recipes every day mm-hmm. but i use all my spices to make like you know 
uh, even pasta or even pizza or curry or my roti roll. So, so the the um, when you explain a little bit for people who are not familiar with um, Nepalese cooking and who haven't yet seen your beautiful book, which I really recommend because it's gorgeous and it's got such great inspiration. But tell me a little bit more about what the Daobat set means and what one would find in it. So Nepali dalva set is a staple food of Nepal. Uh, in your dalva set, you have your white rice and you have your dal that is a lentil. And then uh, you have tarkari, which is your curry. And then you have one type of greens, which is called sag. And then usually you make tomato sauce, which is called gulvedaka achar, real quick. And then uh, depending on the season, you can have uh, other raw vegetables. So even when it comes to dalvat, uh, there are a lot of dal lentils you can find in Nepal. So you don't have to cook red lentils each day. Right. So one day you can eat red lentil. The next day you can eat black lentil. There is like chana dal. And there is a lot of other beans uh, that is available in Nepal. I mean, I have, I think I have only five of the dal uh, recipes up in the, uh, in my book. But uh, in Nepal, you can find a lot of varieties of dal. Right. And the differences would be in the kinds of the spices and the kinds of, of peas or lentils that you use. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And again, dals, dal are so versatile that if you don't want to put any spices, you don't have to. You just put them in the pressure cooker, put some turmeric and salt, salt and it is ready. But right. if you really want to spice it up, you can add some masala, onion, you know, so and make a gravy and then just uh, make a thick dal to eat with roti right. or rice. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean it doesn't need to be complicated. No, absolutely not. Uh, for to make dal vaset, uh, it doesn't even require you one hour if you know how to uh, work with the time. So, for example, you start your curry and then on the side you put your dal. And then, of course, when they are both cooking, you make your rice, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, it is like a, a performance. After you make rice, uh, in the meantime, uh, if you want to make achar, which is the tomato sauce, which you, I think, are going to love it. Um, you can make that on the side and everything will be get ready uh, within one hour. About all at the same time. All at the same time, exactly. Very well done. Good, good planning. And um, what would you have for breakfast and lunch? Uh, for breakfast, I do have few items that you can uh, use for breakfast. Like, for example, my favorite is roti tarkari. Uh, roti tarkari is, again, there is like, you know, uh, potato recipes. And then uh, you make your own roti. Uh, beside that, to be honest, in the morning, in my lifestyle, I like to have fruits. Mm, yes. Because again, I don't want to always eat cooked food. I would like to add raw vegetables and uh, fruits in my lifestyle. And uh, I don't, I cannot really do that in the dinner. So I have found my way to add fruits in my breakfast and, uh, you know, lunch. Right. Mm -hmm. um 
tell me a little bit about making roti because I can imagine many people um, in North America would be scared mm -hmm. of, you know, people here just buy bread. You know, bread is something yeah. that the bakers do. Yeah, um, But you seem to be talking about making your own roti. I cannot imagine you buying your roti. Um, how how well, does that work out? So I'll tell you a story. When I was in college, uh, again, it was another shocking thing for me that I had never thought that somebody will uh, make tortilla, you know, uh, it was called tortilla, not like tiny roti or big ones that they make burrito. They make uh, roti, tortilla, and then they put it in the plastic bag and sell it. <laughs> I mean, the first time, first time I saw that, I was like, oh my God, seriously? Like, you know what I mean? And then I bought it. And then I was like, I want to try it out. Like, you know, let's see how the store-bought tortillas are. And then I took it home and I realized, like, how on earth people can eat this roti? I don't get it. Like, it has no flavor at all. It has no love. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No love. And then it's not really good for your health because it also has sugar. Yes. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's sugary. So uh, that's why I, when I was writing my book, roti is like one of the most important uh, food for my lifestyle. Uh, I cannot eat a lot of like whenever I want to cut out a little bit of carb, I want to add my wheat flour and make roti. And which is also really good. You make a roti and then add whatever topping you want. I don't know how people like don't think that how easy it is to cook at home and you can eat whatever you want. And how, you know so how I mean? do you make roti? There's it's a recipe very in the book, but very yeah, simple. Yeah, there is a yeah, it's very simple. You just need uh, wheat, uh, wheat flour and uh, some water and then you just need them and then leave it for 10 minutes. Or if you are in rush, you don't even have to do that. And then make a small ball and then just roll it and then cook it. It won't even take you 10 minutes. Or let's say like if you have to cook for two people, it will take half an hour. And then other more. half an hour. Yeah, if you have to make more. And other half an hour is for uh, fillings. And you fry your whatever you want, potatoes or you know eggplant, okra. There are so many other vegetables that you can add there, beans and some raw vegetables. And create a unique roti roll every single day. Just from like, one, you know, how seasonal. Yeah, just seasonal, exactly. So uh, that is why another reason I thought like uh, roti has to be in my book because now I want people to make roti roll in too many different ways, not only one way, but uh, just discover the art of cooking plant-based eating. That is so beautiful. Can you use, um, do you use whole wheat flour or white, you know, all purpose? I use uh, whole wheat because all-purpose is not really good for your health. Mm -hmm. You know, when you have wheat flour, your digestive system is always good. And especially uh, when I also add dal, dal is also really good for digestive system. There is a reason why dalvat is so popular in Nepal because like look at uh, your rice, your dal and your tarkari and greens that is also really good for your digestive system and achar. It is like a perfect healthy combo and so cheap and you can eat varieties of them every single day. I love it. It's just beautiful. Yeah. It's simple. It's nutritious. It's the way exactly. to go for sure. Exactly. And um 
I will be uh, reflecting after this conversation about how can this kind of cooking be be adopted by North Americans Adopting. who are yeah, busy, busy, seriously. busy. Um, because I mean, exactly. even you, when you moved here, uh-huh. uh, yeah, you were caught not doing this, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I, it's hard to tell how. I mean, how people I can make more room in their life for exactly. really good and, food. And they they have to they have to like you know they should be willing to do it. You can just like, you know, say that I want to do it and uh, it happens. So like for that's why I uh, thought about writing this book, because I want people who really want to learn how to cook really good vegan meal and also very easy and also very fast, but very flavorful and delicious, you know, because a lot of people, they don't have a lot of money to be honest, you know, because food is a thing that you spend a lot of money and you eat at least two times a day. Yeah. So like, you know, you can't be spending six hours in cooking one thing. Otherwise, uh, that is the reason why people just give up (laughs) (laughs) and then go out and then go out because uh, after you cook, there is dishes. Another (laughs) hour is two for dishes and cleaning the kitchen, right? (laughs) So, yeah, um, it's that's why the company Skip the Dishes is so popular. Yeah, right. Yeah, I find yeah. I find washing dishes to be a little bit like uh, a mindfulness exercise. You know, you can really Absolutely. get a lot out of it. Absolutely. Um, so another thing that might be shocking to you, because uh, you just reminded me, I don't have dishwasher. Nepal doesn't have dishwasher until now. Uh, they might be in restaurants. I don't know. And then Nepal also don't have uh, a washing machine. I mean, there are people who really want it, but I don't. And I actually really enjoy washing dishes and washing my clothes. Yeah, it's because like, you know, it's therapeutic. I mean, cooking, cleaning is very therapeutic. Yeah, totally. It's a way to be present with your life. Yes, Um, absolutely. To be in the moment, you know, feeling feeling the hot water on your hands. Exactly. That is why I chose to come to Nepal because my life was getting better after uh, I chose plant-based lifestyle. You know, my mood was always good and I started, uh, you know, too much positive energy was coming. But at the same time, I knew that, you know, I chose to come to US for only five years so I can graduate and there was a situation that took me to US but I need to come back and I need to again connect with my roots because I'm a Nepali child I came from the ancient world and I'm now like like it's not I'm forgetting it but it's so hard to maintain to be that child do you understand what I mean oh yes totally it was so difficult and um, since I hadn't returned back, I was really, even though I was so happy, in some ways I also feel very sad because I cannot eat, you know, all these vegetables I always think about and all these fruits I think about and it's like, uh, what's the point of life that I'm not in the present? Like, I want to eat those things right now. (laughs) That's, I mean, what we eat at the end of the day, in my opinion, is the most important thing. I mean, that's what we're made of. Exactly. Um, Like that is the joy of living. Otherwise, I feel like, you know, if I don't even eat good food, what's the point of this beautiful life? Absolutely. Tell me a little bit, um, because you live 
in so in Pokhara, which is more of a kind of a resort town um, in Nepal right now. And I would guess that um, in the big cities like Kathmandu, life is becoming different for Nepalese people and, and their food is different too. Have you have you noticed that? Is there a difference compared to when you were growing up in Absolutely. So um, when I came back from US, I have to go to Kathmandu. And uh, it was really shocking to me that how dusty that place has become or like, you know, that it is the Kathmandu is the city of temples. It is known as the city of temples, but I don't really see a lot of temples, but all these houses. And oh. now the population has grown so much that uh, it has created its own different kind of pollution, you know, because the city cannot handle it. It used to be a temple city and uh, it was supposed to manage like that, but it didn't happen. So it was so dusty that I realized how this is working out for people in Kathmandu. Because everywhere I go, there is only hotels and there are so little vegetarian places. And even there are vegetarian places, uh, they, they are so like greasy, you know, old school like uh, chana masala and also like very meat heavy. So uh, I was really having a hard time living in Kathmandu. So I could not even understood because again, I was having already having so much anxiety while coming back because uh, uh, there was already corona started in different countries and uh, you know the state of my mind was already in a different place at that time and uh, I decided to come back to Pokhara right away you know after a month because uh, I can't even find nice restaurants there and I'm sure there are, but still, like, uh, I didn't really find really delicious food. And just the pollution was so bad there that I cannot go out and eat. Right. And the, yeah, I the, cannot. you mentioned the meat now has, that's probably mm -hmm. not always been a, a staple of the diet for the Nepalese say, people. Absolutely not. Uh, uh, meat was seriously of only for festivals or special occasions when I was growing up, especially when I was growing up in uh, Kalaya. And uh, when I was growing up in Kathmandu, uh, since I am newer, uh, I started eating a lot of uh, buffalo meat, you know, with uh, my buffalo choila, buffalo mama, and there were so many other varieties uh, that newer people eat. But uh, what I realized after these many years that it has grown, grown a lot. Like I see all these meat shops, every other stores, every other buildings. And uh, I think this is, this is not what a temple city should look like, let's say. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because our ancestor did not used to do that at all. So it was very heartbreaking. I mean, there's nothing I can do right now, but uh, there is a lot of now vegetarian, vegan, uh, young people who are coming out and realizing this issue. And they are, uh, there are a lot of activists 
who are in Kathmandu as well, who are also working on awaiting people that, you know, uh, we should not eat meat or we should not eat meat every day. There are vegetarians doing their own thing. There are vegans doing all their own thing. And uh, hopefully, I'm hoping that the awareness will come because people are seriously getting really aware now because within these five years or let's say right after corona vegan wasn't really a thing but all of a sudden now like because people uh, because of this pandemic people want to be healthy you know uh, there is a really big push in a healthy lifestyle and now I have seen more than 10 vegan restaurants in uh, Kathmandu and also in Pokhara and which uh, is only growing because now people are really realizing that uh, health is wealth People were really scared of this pandemic. Right. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's so true that um, there's concerns for pandemics from you know animal agriculture bringing in the animals yeah. in the cities, yeah. and also not being in good health makes you yes. more vulnerable to being really Seriously. sick. Seriously. Seriously. Right? Yeah, my whole motto of life is, you know, people have a lot of motto. I just want to eat healthy food and live a healthy lifestyle so I don't have to go to a doctor. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, because when I was growing up, there were not even good hospitals. And uh, like, you know, just thinking about going to hospital used to make me sick. It's like, uh, seriously, I will go to that place. My house is cleaner than this hospital. Gosh. So I have this, you know, I have just this thing that, no, I cannot be sick in my life because if I end up in the hospital, I might get more sick or like, you know, I don't know. I just have this thing that oh, this you're right. doctor, <laughs> you go with one problem and doctor will show you, oh, you have this, you have that, you have that. And like, you are more confused now. So uh, I would like to focus just in healthy lifestyle. And not only uh, in me, but uh, also like people who are are surrounded by me. You know, it is my responsibility to educate uh, my friends or my neighbors. I don't really like to go rant about like, you know, you need to go vegetarian or vegan. But uh, whenever my, and seriously, so I also live in an area where there used to be a lot of vegetarians. Okay. Right, And this is the area where uh, this was used to be really popular for vegetable growing. And there are a lot of vegetable farmer sisters around my area. And I really uh, enjoy watching them grow and then, you know, pick their vegetables, go to the vegetable lady and sell their vegetable and do this thing every uh, season. Uh, so, uh, I mean, for me, healthy lifestyle seriously is the only way not only to help myself but also help my neighbors totally you know my neighbors are farmers and uh, if and and they are already complaining because they think now that uh, they don't have a better jobs because uh, that's why they didn't go to school so they don't have better jobs so they cannot make a lot of money that's why they ended up as a farmer but since I have been to America and like, you know, they, uh, my voice really matters to them because I, I educate them like, you know, so sister, if everybody starts doing office job and like, you know, I don't know, doctor, engineer, other stuff, then who is going to grow beautiful vegetable like you? 
I mean, you have no idea what you are doing for us, especially people like me who are really foodie and who wants to eat really fresh food, like right out of the garden. So true. It is, mm-hmm. um, you know. Um, and I feel really yeah. sad, like, though, you know, when I uh, hang out with this sister once in a while, whenever they're sitting and chatting and whenever I'm free, uh, they always, literally, they always complain that, uh, I'm just I'm just a farmer I don't make any money and like you know I don't know like people I feel like there is this thing that I feel like we need to have more awareness on uh, how to educate these farmers because like these are the last generation of farmers in my country who have been farming since they were child it's like our ancestral thing you know, and that is their amazing act. You know, you don't have to go to college or school to be great at something. You just have to do one thing and keep doing it for, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, and then you will become automatically great at it. We need, right? we need to value more the, absolutely, the work absolutely. and the contribution of the, of the vegetable farmers. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Because like, you know, uh, it's very seasonal and seriously, they don't really make a lot of money. Right. But, uh, but that is their thing. Like, you know, uh, like I said, we are Nepali children and there is a responsibility that we need to follow our ancestral thing as well. Right. You know, and that is why I chose also like, you know, to become a chef because this cooking is my ancestral thing. And I was already so amazing at it and I just continued it. And now I uh, discovered this whole uh, dimension that people don't know how to cook with vegetables. Like seriously, (laughs) like seriously, I was... Uh, even like with my friends, even I'm not talking about American friends, but also Nepali friends, they didn't know how to cook a vegetable, right? Because now cooking meat is very easy. You don't have to really wait for, you know, this temperature, that temperature, you fry them or uh, uh, use pressure cooker. So like, you know. Um, oh, that is sad. That is sad. Yeah, that is really sad. Did you learn how to cook from your parents? Yeah, so uh, like I said, when I was young, my grandfather uh, used to cook and I grew up with my grandfather when I was young and we used to have farm where we used to get our own rice. So we used to also grow when you have that kind of mental set, you you will grow different kind of rice because now uh, you are tired of eating the same um, kind for a few years. Right. You know, and then uh, we used to also have a different plot of land where they only grow uh, fruits, you know, uh, like, for example, they say mango orchard. And then uh, and then in front and the back of our house, usually what they do is our houses are bungalow style. So, you know, one floor or two floor and then front and back is your garden, vegetable and flowers. So like you always have so much vegetable, like literally we used to have so many vegetables that we used to give to our uh, tenants and then also um, our uh, neighbors. And then again, we have so much that we have, whenever I used to go meet my uncle, aunt, you know, like my relatives, we still used to take it as a gift because back in the days, we didn't really have a culture of going out and buying things as a gift. Right. And those those traditions you think are are they getting 
lost in the shuffle a little bit? Absolutely. I mean, I'm very surprised that, like I said, my generation, they don't care about growing. And I realized that because um, I grew up as, a, you know, my grandfather was farmer. And if I did not move to Kathmandu, I would have ended up becoming a farmer. But now I went to Kathmandu and now we don't have a land over there. Uh, and uh, my parents were doing business. So I never really got into agriculture, but that doesn't mean that it's not in my blood. It's like my ancestral thing and I have to really like get into it. And you're sharing, you're sharing the beautiful food in, in different ways. And I'm sure it will inspire yes. many people. Tell I me have a little found bit. my own way. Yes. Tell me a little bit if um, someone is listening to this and thinking, I want to do this, um, and they start looking at your book, uh, mm-hmm. how would you suggest they uh, start, they initiate themselves to uh, Himalaya food? Um, Himalayan food, Nepali food. Yes. So in my book, there is a, uh, in, before the introduction, I have uh, introduced what is Nepali Dalva set. I want you to uh, make simple uh, red lentil rice and then one kind of curry, just one kind of curry, either uh, curry or and then there's greens. If you don't find greens, that's fine, you know, because I know that in USA, you cannot find different kind of greens everywhere. And that is purposefully, I put that thing, uh, green section in my book, because I want people to other farmers to learn more about, you know, Oh, there are different kinds of greens in different parts of the world. We need to discover that because that is one of the most nutritious food for us. So rice, dal, tarkari, and green uh, leaves, and achar. So five things. If you can do five things, that's fine. Just do rice, dal, and one kind of curry. And try it out. Uh, you will gonna love it so once you start with three you will definitely add uh, a tomato sauce whichever you want i have a simple one and then i also have timur achar. so the combo of this four thing is just like so much full of flavor uh you will really get addicted to it it sounds wonderful and a great way to start i totally agree starting with the very simple things. Simple, yeah. And a, a, a dal does not need to be difficult. Um, no. It sure helps have to, to have. put it in the pressure yeah. cooker. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like I said, the dal doesn't take a longer time at all. It doesn't take long time at all. You just have to learn over the time how to cook three different things at one time. And when you practice a lot, and if you feel fancy, then you can make some dumplings later on. Absolutely. So now you talked about dumpling. <clears throat> I worked really hard to make this uh, for my first vegan dumpling because newars, like, you know, the ethnicity I am, uh, it is one of our staple food and it is made out of buffalo. One of the reasons I can never go vegetarian before I knew a vegan even exist you know, vegan right. term. Uh, so uh, one of the reasons I, I, I was like, you know, I can quit meat, but momo, like dumpling, seriously, like how can I quit that? So I had to work really hard uh, to like, you know, just forget the 
um, dumpling, the meat dumpling. And then I started working on my um, vegan dumpling when I first you know, thought that, oh, I want to go vegan. And uh, if there is one recipe that I have to work on, was my vegan dumpling and you can find that in my cookbook plant-based himalaya and whenever you want to try this dumpling momo uh, if you are just two people you can still do momo party if you want to invite two more people you can still do a momo party so it, you don't really have to do it by yourself uh, there is always a lot of fun when you throw a momo party that is something I am planning to do very soon. I'm looking at your recipe right now. And I, there was a That's great. Nepalese, uh, uh, sorry, not a Nepalese. There was a Tibetan restaurant when I was mm-hmm. in college in Montreal. And uh-huh. uh, they had very delicious uh, vegetarian. I think they were vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, momos. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. There was always ghee. There was a lot of butter in everything. Yeah. But I do fondly yeah. remember the, the big puffy um yeah vegetable momos that were delicious yeah yeah uh it's different than uh the all-purpose uh, my my dumpling i look forward to trying yours mm. it just looks really uh lovely it's just different process you can have that with timurgo achar that i have also shared the recipe you are going to love it that's is that um the tomato sauce yes yeah the, the achar, red one. yeah that's yeah, wonderful. Culture. I'm going to try this and I will recommend everybody yeah. get your book. When is it coming out? It's coming out on September 6th. So uh, if you like to uh, purchase it, uh, you can also pre-order it through Amazon. It is available worldwide. But uh, if you like to support your you know, local bookstore, please call your bookstore and then uh, pre-order my cookbook. Pre-orders are only for... Uh, Pre-order for uh, bookstores are only open for USA. Oh, okay. I will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I will make yeah, through a note Am- of that. Through Amazon, it's everywhere, but it's coming out in USA and Nepal. Okay. Yeah. That sounds wonderful. I wish you all the best. I'm sure this Thank will you. be um, enlightening for many people to discover your beautiful approach to cooking. And um, I look forward to seeing you again in the Vegan Family Kitchen. Thank you for coming. Sure. Thank you very much for inviting me to this Vegan Family Kitchen where my plant-based Himalayan cookbook really uh, deserves. (laughs) That's wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Take care.